Hi, my name is Sarah Bentley Pearson, and I am excited to share my podcast, which features wonderful talent that I've been so lucky to discover in the Southeast. This was born out of a list that I created in 2015 called Sarah's List, and through my work in real estate, which I've been doing since 2005, and styling work, and just my personal life and my personal interests, I've been able to meet so many wonderful people, and I'm excited to share them with you. Michael, thank you so much for coming. I, I've, I've, I've seen, I've known your work for years and years, so I feel really honored that you're here. Well, it's an honor to be here. Yeah. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. I love um, what you guys are doing, and and you um, talk to some of my favorite people in Atlanta that some of which I've collaborated with. So, oh, really? So, like who? Yeah. So uh, I have done work in some of Stan Benicki's houses, you oh. know, for the show houses when okay. he does a show house. Right. And, His work is and, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've always wanted to work with Young Pack. I, I have a tremendous admiration mm-hmm. for what he's he, fabulous. Yeah, he was he my was, first guest. No way. Yes. That's he was my first guest. And he is the reason that it's Sarah Styles Your Life the Southeast, because I was going to do Sarah Styles Your Life Atlanta. And he said, that's thinking too small. There's so much talent in the Southeast. So it's because of him. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 He's he's super talented and I have so much respect for what what he does. And and uh, we have very similar interests and, and aesthetic and design. So mm. Yeah. He It seems as though he's kind of becoming more interested in modern yeah, he's always, lines. he's classically trained, but um, he, he definitely has an appreciation for modern. It's, it's interesting. A lot of the architects that um, one in particular, uh, a guy named Jim Choate, he does all of these classical projects and he's classically trained. He's done the Piedmont Driving Club and, and uh, he's doing the, the country. He's doing several country clubs now, mm. but he does the most beautiful modern homes. And that's really where his passion lies. So I think you almost have to be classically trained and even to go into the contemporary and modern design world. It's almost like Picasso was doing realism before he decided to, to you know, paint abstracts. So Right. And, you know, I think to have that history and that understanding of forms probably makes you better, even if it's not in that traditional look. It's just really understanding how everything comes together and the history of things. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big um, fan of of architecture and art. And, um, you know, I I really respect people who take the time to really do that kind of training. And Atlanta, typically, from a real estate point of view, has been more classic and but now you know with the influx of people coming from California good modern New design York. is so needed it's changing so much yes. it's unbelievable yes and and they're becoming more luxury homes too i mean usually you know modern homes have this kind of misconception you see it more in the mainstream like ikea right it's right. your contemporary mm-hmm. resource but mm-hmm. but now there are so many more clients building modern homes that are five million dollars plus and and we're we've kind of been really fortunate to fall into that niche yeah and you know to- um a friend of mine gary snyder is building a beautiful glass contemporary house on north side and he um he's really going to make it something special 
But from a real estate point of view, I haven't been in a lot of really good contemporary. I've been in a lot of bad contemporary in Atlanta because 20 years ago, there it was just a white box if it was contemporary and it wasn't good. But I mean, there there's we have some amazing architects that I absolutely, you know, just think the world of that I think will be world renowned one day. And Jim Choate's one of them. Mm-hmm. He designed uh, Beth Webb's house. I know you um, mm. talked to Beth Webb. Yes, yes. And, and that house that is on which I it was on an island that's like a glass house. Her husband's house. Right. Oh, right, he exactly. did that house. He okay, did that I, house. Don't, I didn't. I don't remember her her saying that. Yeah. So we've collaborated with him on multiple houses, and he's just brilliant, mm. you know. And and truly, um, one of the most amazing designers that that uh, I've ever worked with. I love love working with him. Well, and you can actually, you know, what I like about contemporary is you, if somebody wants a contemporary, you can take a very odd lot. And do contemporary because it really fits into nature so well with all yes. the glass and it can be really spectacular. And, uh, you know, I'm not really full contemporary, but I find myself leaning that way more and more because I love light. Yes. And that that is, you know, I do love how Stan Benecki does a lot of iron and glass windows. So great. there's a way you can sort of do it in a transitional way. I'm not a big sure. fan of like concrete floors, I don't think. I'm not right. quite there, but... That's more of an industrial look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I loved reading your bio and, you know, understanding that you have, you know, you really like to make furniture and design furniture, which is fabulous. So have you ever worked with Michelle Bradley? I actually have known Michelle Bradley for years. Mm-hmm. And yes, we've we've worked with her gallery. Um, she's very talented. And uh, it's funny, we... we um, so one of my first jobs when I was studying interior design was working for a fabrication studio that did custom metalwork and furniture. So we were working with designers and architects that would come to us with an idea or a concept and uh, we would have it made for them. And mm-hmm. it, would, it could be anything from a piece of furniture to decorative gates to railing for their home. And, and, um, and that studio is the studio that Michelle Bradley took over, actually, years later after I the left. The one in Miami Circle? It was on Miami Circle. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. So, so my- I was there like, oh, my God, I don't want to date myself as far as. But it was in the 90s, and um, and I was working for this um, company called Palace Forge. That was one of um, two companies that did that sort of work um, while I was studying interior design. Mm. And I learned so much and became super passionate about furniture design. And and uh, so Michelle and I actually work with a lot of the same artisans mm. from Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, that do metal work or concrete work or wood, you know, special pieces. But um, So is that sort of your niche? I mean, do people come to you because you do a lot of custom work in installations for them? It's very much a, a part of who we are. Um, we we are a big believer in like tailor making pieces for mm-hmm. people's homes, mm-hmm. and not really relying on things that are just kind of off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, absolutely. I think we can make it. It's almost like a tailor made suit. You can make a piece of furniture that's the exact material, proportions, finish, everything you know that a client wants. You know we can have it made and we pair up the right artisan or craftsman with the homeowner to, to make that piece. And do you like art also? Is that something you, you really guide your clients on? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm passionate about every aspect of interior design. So and so, okay. And, so and that, me... I'm kind of one of those weird designers that that loves. You know, I, I get into the nitty gritty, like technical details, architectural, industrial design stuff. But I also like, you know, looking at the fabrics and selecting the materials and the finishes and the artwork and and brainstorming the whole concept and vision for a client. I mean, I, lo I love it all. I love it too. I'm not an interior designer, but I do love interiors and I do have really fancy friends. So like yeah. if, if I'm picking something, I'll say, what do you think out of these three, blah, blah, blah. So tell me about your family and how you came to interior design. So, um, so my mother's a doctor. Um, she's, um, past, but uh, my mother was a physician and she graduated from Emory mm -hmm. and my father um, was an engineer who graduated from Georgia Tech and ended up working in the oil industry mm -hmm. and my one and only sibling is an attorney. Mm -hmm. So I'm so the artist an and I'm, I'm, I'm Egyptian American. I was born in the, the U.S. I was born in Atlanta actually at Emory. Yeah. I haven't been to Egypt. <laughs> I've been to Morocco. That's as close as I've gotten to it. But no, anyway. That's, that's close enough. But the Moroccan dialect is very different. Mm. Um, but um, but anyway, um, so I, I guess, you know, my dad definitely had a creative side. He built our house growing up. He was always building things and furniture. And I would, you know, go to his workshop with him and mm. help him build things and um, and so I he handled it, the interiors he, in the house? Like that was his No, domain? no, no. They hardly like into interiors Oh, okay, at all. okay. But, but uh, he had the creative side, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And But he's also was this, you know, immigrant, you know, old school uh, immigrant mentality. Like he felt like he had to come here and work in the corporate world mm -hmm. and, and get a good corporate job, mm -hmm. and, you know, had great benefits mm -hmm. and all of, all of these things. And, and of course, my father wanted, you know, he was trying to get me to take that. Yeah, road. that's a lot of immigrants families do oh, yeah. that. They so, want their sons to be yeah. doctors mm -hmm. or engineers yeah. or aeroscience mm -hmm. or you know. And and uh I just knew that wasn't for me. And fortunately my mother was extremely supportive and she basically said, look, just follow your dream and I'll just pray that you get really good at whatever you decide to oh, choose. You know? I love that. She like really just mm -hmm. believed in me and, and supported both my brother and I, you know, mm -hmm. whatever we wanted to mm -hmm. do. And she was a big believer in passion being the ultimate, you know, drive for success. Oh, wow. and, and so, so uh, I followed my passions, and and I, I started off at uh, I started off in architecture, and then decided to go because I was always more on the artistic side. Mm -hmm. um, I, I ended up going to a private interior design school here in Atlanta um, called AIU. I don't know if it's um, there's one in London and Dubai and. But uh, I ended up graduating. I went to Georgia State and, and got a BFA there and, and studied interior design there right. and, and sculpture. And do, and do you feel, um, because I love talking to interior designers about how they came to the business. I mean, I was, it, you know, just in awe of the fact uh, about, um, you know, hearing about how people come to being interior designers. I mean, a lot of times my friends will say, well, why aren't you an interior designer? And I said, well, you know, the mistakes are too expensive. Like I don't have, it's... I don't have the CAD, you know, experience. And I, I really feel like I can be gutsy with myself, but it, it would be hard to do. But, you know, do you feel that the education that you got to become an interior designer was super important? 
Absolutely. Or do you, or do you feel like you could have gotten another degree or what, what was about that? Because I, I have a stepdaughter that is working as an interior designer assistant and I just keep wondering, should she go back to school? To, I think so. Yeah. Especially now more than ever. I mean, interior design people don't realize is more than just, you know, selecting lots of beautiful things that go well together. And there, there is a, I mean, that's a very important aspect. Don't get me wrong. I think decorating, you, you, you either have a talent or an eye for it or you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's the first step, mm -hmm. but, but there's also a lot of technical things that we incorporate in the interior design. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're doing full-scale 3D models of every project we do, whether it's residential or commercial. We can show a client exactly what their home is going to look like from the inside and walk them through this house that hasn't even been built yet. That's what's amazing to me is that you all can, you know, take a space and take, you know, just the dimensions and conceptualize for me, that's where, you know, I couldn't do that. I have to get into the space and really feel the right. space. And I think from right. plans and conceptualizing a home, that's amazing. Well, you kind of do that. When you build this uh, model in the computer, you are actually in the home. And so you're, you're, you're getting a feel mm -hmm. for the house, mm -hmm. like virtually. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you know, superimpose certain materials and finishes. And if something is too big or too small, you, you sense it, like... It doesn't look right inside of this scale model, so you you scale things appropriately and oh wow, and, so yeah. it's really technical yeah, now. But yeah. in the old days, it wasn't even really done like that. Like now, it's almost like it seems like it's more advanced, and you oh, learn yeah. that in school. Today. Oh, big time! It's, yeah. I mean, these these kids graduating from SCAD, for example, which we 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 tend to hire some of the top students out of SCAD, and and they come with unbelievable technical mm. technical skills, mm -hmm. which are sometimes more advanced. You know, they're they're more up to date on the latest and greatest softwares um, mm -hmm. than than some of the old school designers. Right. So. Yeah. I, I. So I. I think that you know. I think it's really interesting how people come to you know loving what they do and cre creating a great business. I actually went to school for photography because I wanted to go to school in New York in FIT. I've always loved fashion. And was just sort of messing around, and and but I but I still like now I do some art consulting too on the side. I love art, but that create that creative thing in you that you're born with that. Yes, you're born with that eye. I don't think you can really teach good taste. Do you? You know, I think there's a lot of design principles that that uh, you you can learn. You know, fundamental design principles that can make you a good designer. But but you know, taste is so subjective. So. You know, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Sort of. No. I do. I do. Okay. Look, I, I, I think let's let's put it this way. I think my mother's prayers really helped me a lot, and mm. I feel like, you know, it was a gift. It's a gift to be able to see things a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody can see what we see. Mm -hmm. And then again, there's not a lot of people that can do brain surgery and heart surgery and all the and and law. I mean, legal work. So like, but some people don't know that they don't know it. Yeah, that's what's frustrating. I'm sure for you as a designer, when you're going, you get a client that maybe doesn't have a strong aesthetic. But I would imagine if somebody is hiring somebody of, you know, your caliber, they're looking at your work and they're liking it and they're looking for your guidance. Ultimately, I think the the best clients that we've always you know worked with are clients that that hire us because they they basically are looking for someone with with a good eye and vision and talent and and they have good taste too mm -hmm. they just don't know how to do what we do and so ultimately they trust 
the experts to, to implement all of it. For well, them. and I, um, Suzanne Kassler told me, you know, once that, which I've really taken to heart. I've never been able to build my own house from the ground up and, and I haven't had that opportunity yet, but it's on my bucket list to do that. And she said that, you know, having a good interior designer work with your architect because interior designers know how people live. Architects, not so much, you know, so really understanding scale, understanding, you know, maybe where you want the laundry room based on your lifestyle and, Absolutely. you know, your, I mean, my dream is like the master bedroom and then two separate bathrooms, two separate closets sure. meet in the middle, you know, because the, as we age, togetherness is not right. <laughs> desirable, true, like, true. you know, with, for certain things Yes, and also what me, what feels like luxury. I mean, I talked to young pack about that and I, I'd like to ask your opinion on that as well. Like what are the most luxurious things that clients have asked you for over the past few years that you've oh my been, God. we've done it all. Okay. Sp- particularly, me. you know, during COVID when everybody decided, okay, we can't go to our favorite hotel. We can't go to our favorite bar or restaurant. So we're just going to build our own in the in the uh, terrace level, you mm-hmm, know. And mm-hmm. and so that's what we do. We 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 do design restaurants. We have um, some hospitality projects that came that slowed down a little bit during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but then our residential clients quadrupled, and everybody wanted to create their own favorite uh, lounge, you know, in their in their home. Well, oh wow! Be, like, is it, it basements or where? Do, where oh. do people? You know, I don't really love the, basements, but where are people doing cool lounges in their the, houses? A lot of times, it's the terrace level, but um, it depends on the design of the home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it could be a you know a room off the great room that's a big, a really cool bar mm-hmm. that's a, a beautiful feature, you mm-hmm. know, that that they can entertain with. It just depends on their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, so ultimately, we. Uh, Whatever their dreams are, we we make sure that we give it to them. Well, and Keith Summerauer told me that, you know, the architecture of a home has really changed where, you know, people used to have their dining room sort of front of the house and everything is moving to the back of the house and sort of going outside. Yes, and absolutely. I, so are you seeing that kind of evolution oh, yeah. as well where things Indoor, are moving outdoor. around? Absolutely. Yeah. More and more, especially with contemporary homes, mm. you know, you have these doors that just open right up and, and the doors disappear into the wall. And then the, we always, uh, you know, specify the same flooring material. For example, in the great room, there may be like peacock pavers or stone floors, but then those stone floors carry all the way out to the outdoor area. Mm-hmm. And so the, the indoors feel like they're outside and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's just this big entertainment space mm-hmm. that... that um, you know, meshes with the architecture. I mean, one of the things that I love learning from architects is when we design a home, we actually will stand outside in the 3D model before it's built and we'll look through the windows. We'll kind of, you know, circulate around the house and and see how our interior looks from the outside in. And, you know, if there's a fireplace feature that is being clad in stone, that same stone that might be on the chimney, you know, above the roof line, it's also kind of inside. So you see through these big glass walls, like this element that protrudes through the house. And, mm-hmm. and those are the things that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, you know, getting away from your, your original um, question, uh, but that- No, that not really. I mean, it's a whole different perspective. And, and I'm loving how, you know, really, 
details are, I mean, if you're, if you have the opportunity to build your own home, there are so many elements that can be considered. And I would imagine if you are lucky enough to have a, you know, a garden that's flat and you're kind of looking at your home, it should be a pleasure and it shouldn't be like, oh, why didn't we do this and that? And to have somebody really thinking of those details, that's not necessarily a money thing. That's just a detail that somebody didn't think to that it could go from top to bottom, the fireplace, exactly, you know, and exactly. that's just what somebody would hire somebody like you for. Um, so I love to hear about how people came to their design and, and, and their inspiration. Do you travel a lot or did you travel a lot as a child? We absolutely love to travel. That's probably one of my, that's my second greatest passion. Yeah, mine too. Um, I, uh, so I married an international journalist, um, and she travels all over the world, and she actually turned me on to a type of travel I wasn't quite familiar with. We met 20 years ago. Her name's Jane. Um, she's my soulmate. She's Aww. an amazing soul. Wow. Yeah. Do you so have children? Very, no children. So um, <laughs> I have teenagers now. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, you know, honestly, it was like we tried really hard. It wasn't in the cards for us, and... And so we just accepted that, and and we're uh, we have beautiful godchildren, and mm. we've got some great nieces and and nephews, and and uh, we try to be the coolest uncles and aunts ever. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we love to travel, and it gives us more time to travel. Mm -hmm. So, so we do multiple international trips a year, and uh, as and I was how saying, are they different she, though? How did she okay? Show so, you? like my idea of like traveling was going to you know to Paris or London or New York, and and she's like, oh no. You haven't traveled yet. We're going to Vietnam, and oh, wow. and and mm -hmm. and then next thing you know, I've I've visited Cambodia, uh, Myanmar, Vietnam, like very exotic, all over South and Central America, and like these amazing places. And we don't, and we get the best of both worlds. You know, of course, I've got to go see the greatest, you know, the most beautiful design hotels and stay in those hotels. But then we also go way off the beaten path, and we we you know love like learning about the culture and the food and meeting the people. And we do really awesome things. Like one of my last, one of my trips that I did for my, my birthday was a uh, ceramic workshop in Oaxaca, Mexico, which is where oh, wow. the Day of the Dead Festival mm -hmm. happened. So we went during Day of the Dead Festival, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then um, it was a small group of like artisans or basically like, New Yorkers, some some designers out of LA, and and us, and and we all traveled around and visited these small indigenous groups in the middle of nowhere in the mountains and mm. Oaxaca, Mexico, and we learned about how they make pottery. So and, it sounds like you like high low. Exactly. You know, my I grew up. My mother had um, traveled around the world twice before I was born, so she was kind of unusual person and. She would love to travel when we lived in Berlin because she was like, we can drive to Italy. Um, excuse me, we're going. And we would stay in like pensions and things like that. But then she would throw something really fancy in. And I think that's a really great way to travel. When I went to Morocco, we stayed in, uh, what do you call it, the ho the houses in, in, that are hotels now. Um, I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, she was like, you cannot go and stay like in a forest. It's like a Haveli in India, which is like an old palace or a, like Yeah, a, it's an old palace. That, and they, right. They're there, there beautiful. There was a home that was converted into a And they a have these beautiful job. courtyards. They're and amazing. we stayed in one uh, that was just extraordinary. 
And um, she was like, you cannot stay at a Four Seasons when you go to a place like that. She, yeah, because you don't really experience like the essence of the place. And I the know, people. and the history. You know, you, if you're sitting at an all-inclusive, like just having drinks delivered, you're not really <laughs> going to. Now, there's certain places where you probably should not venture out. Um, unfortunately, you know, because Jane is a, a journalist, she she knows where's what's safe and what's not mm-hmm, safe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, we just love meeting the people and learning about the culture. And then, you know, with my, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I have an atelier at ADAC, which is a showroom gallery. And I love meeting art, artisans and finding these artisans and bringing back very special handmade pieces from these these small indigenous. So you, are you in ADAC proper or are you on the galleries? Yeah, we're in ADAC. We, oh, have, a, okay. we have a showroom and gallery on the fourth floor. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So, so we've been open for about three years now and um, we represent, uh, I would say about 40 lines of, of uh, brands from all over, mostly from, from Scandinavian countries, from Europe, there's several brands out of New York that we represent mm. um, that we represent exclusively in the oh, Southeast. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, yeah. sometimes I go over to ADAC and if I'm, you know, I just um, ordered some fabric from Mary McDonald because I was looking for something really graphic. But when I go into ADAC, I'm very overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, there's so many choices. What's good? What's not good? I I don't know. You know, I mean, I kind of know. Like, I know the showrooms that I really like. Sure. And I can see what's crap on the surface. But... But sometimes it's confusing. Oh, yeah. You know, it can be it, overwhelming. It's There's a lot. So many. It's a lot. And you guys, it's the fact that you edit how you edit is just amazing to take all that down to like three for a client is great. Right. But I'm sure you have your favorites. And, absolutely. Um, and so um, it looks like you really almost do half commercial, half residential. Is that right? We were doing about 50-50, but that, you know, definitely shifted during COVID and, uh, you know, we started doing a lot more residential projects, um, which we love. I mean, and ultimately, they're very different. You know, with a commercial, like uh, we've done a lot of the the high high rise condo buildings, um, and we'll renovate some of the amenity spaces. Like we're working on on Sovereign right now. Um, we are also working on the Charles, which oh, is a I was just there earlier today because my partner yeah. is uh, listing a unit in oh, there no that's kidding. really pretty. Okay. Michelle Wing is my partner. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Charles is going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, of course, we're having to phase it out over the course of, you know, a couple years. They don't, they don't have, you know, they can't invest everything right away to, because well, it's, it's a, a brand new, new building. building. Exactly. Yeah, like we're kind of laughing, like they're redoing this already. I okay. know, I know. That's funny. Well, you know, honestly, I totally understand why they do it. Because well, it, it, saw... needed, it needed some love. Yeah, and, it's And it's going to be much choices. more elegant and, and just more chic and luxurious and and i think more appropriate for the price points in that property. yeah there's another yeah. high-end building i'm not going to say what it is but the common space was done and i was like mm, this is weird you know yeah. and i always find with condo buildings have you been to 40 west 40 west 40 west um that is yes really, yes that's the one on really Crescent, well near Crescent. Done. yeah that's a Seelig, the yeah, Seelig property that's a right? really well done building um and but, you know, when you're buying into these condo buildings, you're really buying into those common spaces. I'm not yes. sure how much they really get used, but it's part of the oh, dream that you're selling. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it becomes an extension of people's homes, yes, right? Yes, yes. And, and so it is very important to 
um, the the owners there to have like something that they're proud of, or that, where if their guests are coming through the lobby um, and waiting for them, or or you know if they just need like an area to work, mm-hmm. you know, outside of their home. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll have some gatherings and and watch a game or whatever in the in the club room, and so all of those things are, are really important to yes, yeah, and, and it needs to feel like your favorite boutique hotel. Yeah, it does. Day, it does. You know? It does because like I find you know I'm really into my home and my interiors and my art. So that feels like kind of funny to me if it wouldn't feel like me, you know, right. Right. You would want it to be. So is there anything going on in your business or the industry that our guests would be interested in knowing about, or is there any project that you're doing? There's always something going on. (laughs) I mean, we're so, so we have the, the gallery um, showroom. I call it a gallery because I do bring a lot of um, art artists and and um like sculpture and and like I've, I've got these amazing ceramicists that i represent from all over the world um and and it's just like one of my greatest passions are finding these artisans that that nobody knows about in the southeast and then kind of you know showcasing them and and the, the atelier so so that's been fun um we uh, and what is it called it's hibachi, hibachi atelier. Okay. Yeah, on the okay. four. It's uh, suite four twenty two. Okay, so good. Come see us. Yeah, I will come um, see you. And then, um, I you know I love doing product design and licensing deals. So uh, we did this tile collection years ago that's blown up. Um, it's we did it for Tile Bar, but now it's selling everywhere. You can find hibachi tile collection on Home Depot's website, Wayfair's website. So oh, that's wow. Fun. That's neat. Um, and we're, um, and I'm doing a rug collection right now for Jaipur, which I'm super excited about, which is... Um, are they contemporary? They are very organic, very Wabi inspired. Um, I uh, What does Wabi inspired Wabi, mean? Wabi is a Japanese, Wabi oh. Sabi is a Japanese philosophy. Okay. Um, and it's like the perfection and seeing perfection and imperfection, mm, mm, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where the love for antiques and old things actually come in place is that the where that you, um, you know, seeing a piece that might have a scratch or like not seeing that as a negative thing, just embracing it. And that's like a point in time that, that something may have happened to it, but you still appreciate it for what it is. You know? Right. Well, back in um, the day, like, and remember when we all were looking at those leather club chairs and like the yeah. new ones, nobody wanted. Right. You want that you old want crusty one. with the patina. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like more, and you can see the, the wear on the arms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like when you see, um, when you go into an old church and you see see like these beautiful stone steps that have a dip in every one mm-hmm. and that little bit of a that that wear in that stone just where it's been walked or where maybe people have like kneeled down and prayed or whatever that that like that is part of that experience through life you know I that, wish we yeah. saw that in people yeah well no wabi-sabi is very much something internally that you have to accept as well as we age <laughs> yeah embracing our wrinkles yeah. or whatever it is yeah you know? yeah but, th- so. but good things come with that but right. you know you it's the yin and the yang of it right. um well i you know i think your work is is very distinctive and you know as as atlanta becomes a bigger city i feel like your design aesthetic is becoming more and more important because, you know, when I first moved to Atlanta, which was in 2001, obviously we had these beautiful, you know, Swan House and we had some important homes. And I was married in sure. Melanie and Stan's house, you wow. know, which is the Pink Castle, which is 
talk about beautiful patina. I mean, Amazing. like that house is crusty as it can get on the outside. They they made it all work for today and reworked mm -hmm. it, but the beauty is that it's not new. Right. You know, but the exactly. grounds are beautifully and taken care of. But you know, it it would kind of go from something special like that to these antebellum homes, then to a lot of schlock, which is there. And I feel like, you know, interestingly enough, even with, you know, not expensive homes, you know, like maybe townhouses or something like that, that the ones that really do well are more contemporary and clean looking now. Mm -hmm. sure. So it, it is, you know, and then we're getting more into like very high-end looking. We have done a lot of penthouses. <laughs> and uh, it's it's interesting how we've kind of fallen into to those, you know, high-end condo projects. And, and they're it's amazing how, like, high-end they're getting in Atlanta, too. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, from somebody who sells real estate, I you know, because you can still own a home in Atlanta, you know, in Peachtree Battle or somewhere in Tuxedo Park for a fraction of what it would cost to, like, live in the flats of Beverly Hills or whatever. Right. So I'm always shocked that somebody would opt for a really expensive condo. But, you know, when I get in them, I'm like, they are pretty cool. And if you're at that stage in your life where you don't, you know, want to manage anything, but sure. being in a beautiful space, that it, it's very appealing. Or if it's a second or third home, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that uh, we don't want to really be cornered. I mean, obviously, you see how diverse and the, the types of projects we take on. And, uh, you know, I do have a love for contemporary, but I also have a love for for, um, you know, antiques. So I think ultimately, you know, people have this misconception about, you know, modern and, or, or more of a contemporary home. I, I don't think everything has to be shiny and new. Like, as a matter of fact, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I think you know? it's kind of like a woman wearing like a Chanel suit head to toe. Like, okay, you uh, better put some ripped jeans or something so mixed tacky in. It could be so tacky and it's, you know, it's, you know, this, the very nouveau riche. Yes. Mm -hmm. As they say. But mm -hmm. it's, it's just, you know, I, I personally think that like the most beautiful interiors are a balance of, of, of you know, materials and finishes, you know, from, you, you, you have to mix and match your materials. And collect and can, it. Yeah. And then yeah. also, um, as far as furnishings are go, the most beautiful homes are the ones that are eclectic, that, that are a mix of styles mm -hmm. that look like, you you know, you, for example, my home, I mean, we have so many pieces that we remember exactly where we got that piece, which country and which you know, artisan that we met with and their village and, and like, you know, how we acquired it and that story behind the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, so. I, I, I tend to to buy more, like, clothes on different trips than I do, but I have bought, like, I bought things in Morocco and, and you mm -hmm. when you find Rugs something cool, and yeah. Pottery. Like, and, yeah, it just, yeah. it's, it's, usually it's more objets. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't buy any more yeah. tabletop. There's only so much you can fit in your suitcase, but then we end up just like, you know, building a massive crate and shipping it, you know, yes. and loading it up when yes. we find something yes. good. Yes, so. and it, it, I mean, it's it's interesting. My best friend lives in Switzerland, and, um, you know, we just imagine here in America that Switzerland's so sophisticated and whatever, and it is sort of, but they have zero access to interior design like we do. And really? most people live, wow. you know... Their homes are not decorated. Americans live well compared to a lot of other cultures. And there just isn't the access for, for stuff. And I always find that Americans do a pretty good job of 
like pulling things from, but when she comes to the U.S., she gets a container and she buys everything here and sends it back over there, which I think is that crazy. Is so funny. And ironically, we're we're shipping old things from Belgium and Eastern Europe and France. We're we're just getting all of their old stuff that they don't want anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. so do you do you buy uh, fireplaces and things from Terry Francois? I, I've worked with Francois multiple on multiple projects. Yeah, they're really so good they're, friends they're of ours. We travel with them, oh, and, and I have two of his fireplaces in my house, and he's done a great job of kind of bringing that old world feeling back to homes in Atlanta. Yes. I actually um, would love to design a collection for Terry Francois. He asked me to do one a while back, and I never got around to it because we were so busy. Okay, I have some ideas for you then. Yeah? Yeah. Perfect. I do, I do, yeah, because I, I think I – think I think that people were really thirsting for that. And I've done a few homes, not, I haven't built a home from the ground up, but I've done, you know, some renovations and lots of interiors on home. And personally, I feel that fireplaces, your front door, the hardware on your doors, obviously paint, but then it's the details that make a home special. And you can take like whatever and change up those things and it feels like a new home. And it's, and it, when you really think about the cost of it, it's not a lot of money to really change the whole feeling of the space. It's the jewelry in the home. It's, it's the like jewelry. The, the fabulous pair of shoes. Oh, it or is. The and the jewels and the bag. <laughs> and then, like, then it doesn't really matter what you're wearing. Like put on a t-shirt and jeans. But if you have all that other good stuff, you look fabulous. And I've told clients, because years ago I did styling work and, you know, they'd have like the really expensive blouse and pants or a dress on. With some crappy purse. I'm like, no, 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 no. We got no, we gotta flip it. We gotta flip it. <laughs> well, anyway, I've so loved talking to you. And I just want to tell the listeners so um they can go your website is michaelhibachi.com. It's actually hibachi designs.com. Hibachi designs. And uh, everybody wants to spell my name with an I like I the hibachi grill. It's actually H-A-B-A-C-H-Y. Is that designs. an Egyptian? Last name? Okay, so so it sounds super Japanese, right? Yeah. Habachi. Yeah. But but uh, it, it was originally pronounced Habashi. Mm. And my my dad and my, my mother and father both went to French schools when they were younger in Egypt mm-hmm. because um, there's a lot of French influence in mm-hmm. Egypt. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, the C-H is pronounced like S-H in French. So like chaise lounge or what is another word that, uh, you know, anyway, there's so, so many words that it, it pronounced, it's, it's pronounced completely different. So you, my dad thought he was spelling it like Habashi, mm. but you know, he spelt it with a C-H in the end and he came to Atlanta and everybody was like, Habachi? <laughs> And he said, what the hell? Like Habibi. You know? <laughs> Habibi. Yeah, Habibi. You know, a good, that's a good Arabic word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I have a lot of Arabic friends. So. Exactly. So, yeah. but no, it's, you know, he just gave up and so we're Hibachi now. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's an, it's a great name. Yeah. Well, I've so enjoyed talking to you. I know we've met like years ago, yes. but I, I. It's I, great to reconnect. It, it is great Thank to reconnect. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. So I'm super psyched about my sponsor for the podcast. She's a great friend of mine and also a previous guest. Her name is Lisa Stein. Her work is stunning. We all layer it and wear it all the time. It's 
great jewelry to wear day to night. I barely go a day without it, and I think you would too once you start collecting it. She's been so nice to give all of my listeners a discount. When you go to lastein.com, you put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 15, and you will get a discount. Just put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 15. 